0: Hi Graham, how are
1: you? Hi Jeremy, I'm really good, thank you very much. Uh, good, to, uh, good to speak. Well, we got
0: there in the end, didn't we? We've had a few bumps in the road with this one, with being off sick and then a bit of technical gremlins and all sorts going on, so it's, it's good to finally get there and thank you for making the time. So, uh, interesting conversation this one, so um, we want to cover MMC and particularly... Procurement of MMC and, and um, approaches to that, what we need from clients or what we would like from clients, the market, and all that good stuff. But first of all, if you would mind giving us a bit of a uh, an introduction to yourself and, and the business, and then we'll lead off from there.
1: Okay, so um, my name is Graeme O'Doherty. I'm one of the partners at a company called Any Offsite, and um, Any Offsite are MMC advisors. We provide developers, contractors, manufacturers with a solution to improve productivity in the construction industry and we do this through collaborative working, integration of design for and assembly thinking, um, working with um, the in the early stages with the design team and the and client and in the hopefully early stages do people get it right with the contractors and the manufacturers but quite frequently that's a little bit further down the line as we uh, progress through the weaver stages and um, one of the uh, services that we offer is a the MMC procurement strategy, and then also, as anybody who's been to business school will know, implementation of strategy is always the uh, the downfall. So we uh, we can help with the integration of that as well. Very good.
0: And just just on, on yourself, Graham, what's your background? Uh,
1: uh, well, I'm an air traffic controller, so it makes natural sense for me to come in to <laughs> talk about design for manufacturing and assembly. <laughs> but that's going back an awful lot of years. And in more recent years, I, I've spent the last 13 years working um, for um, modern methods of construction, either in the manufacturing or in the contracting side. Um, I'm um, I, I'm a project manager, um, so I'm an association of project managers and um, that helps me to develop processes that can be adopted by those people wanting to use MNC rather than just trying to put that round hole um, into a square peg. It doesn't always work. Very good, very good. Oh, that's that's
0: an interesting way into the into the industry. Um, so I've, I've seen some bits and pieces actually in the last couple of days from you guys in terms of a bit of a launch of uh, a platform. And so do you want to just talk us through uh, what that's about and let's, let's compare and contrast, I guess.
1: Yeah, so um, what, one of the um, ways that we, we look at procurement is not in its... Um, singular form. We try to look at things in a holistic manner and that's why um design for manufacturing assembly DFMA works really well for the way that we think. So um, we've got three partners in, in the business, one of whom is an architect, one of whom is an MEP um, contractor and then there's me. And um the the way that we try to evaluate things is let's First of all, decide what is the best form of MMC, if any, um, to be using. And we do that using a tool that gives us um, metrics to measure the importance um, to each individual client. And those metrics can be um, anything that the client has as their strategic intent and goals and objectives for um, for the project. We categorize those into social, economic and environmental benefits and we then put in a scoring system and we put the reasons why we would recommend a particular type of system to be used. We, we then extend to that's one service that we offer but then the procurement is a, a slightly different. Um, it's an advancement of the, of that system and um, we advance that into procurement because if we go by traditional design bid build um, type of um, contracts or even design and build contracts it doesn't work ever so well design bid build does not work for MMC because you're specifying the um, everything down to the nth degree whereas our view is that you need to specify a, um, a performance specification and then expand from there, and see how different suppliers can meet that performance specification. Fantastic. Well, we're we're aligned to the point
0: of almost being competitors, I guess, because the the mid group approach isn't isn't dissimilar. But as a contractor, we, we aspire to. It doesn't always, it certainly isn't the case. Often, actually, we we end up in that same scenario of of bidding for work that you know is already at Reba stage C or something, and then obviously unpicking it reverse engineering things even having to resubmit planning and all of that kind of mess whereas you know we, we, we've got on a framework recently actually the southern construction framework for residential where we were talking to some of their people this week about the aspiration to get engaged much earlier uh, to be able to do that value toolkit kind of work that your platform does or that you're, you're working on with clients really i guess um to understand what their aspirations are across that, that that spectrum um to really be able to deliver value for them and then specify the right products for or combination of products and components uh, to deliver their outcome but um you know as a contractor you know, we're i think it's great that you guys are in this space because for one reason or another you know the way the construction industries traditionally worked Clients don't trust contractors, you know, straight out the gate at Reba stage zero or one or or whatnot, Uh, you know, they think we're going to have them over a barrel or or whatever it is, which isn't our, um, you know, approach at all, but convincing clients that they can trust us as their integrator um, or their delivery partner from that early is a really tough sell. So it's great to have you guys upstream from us singing from the same hymn sheet, you know, fundamentally, Um, and, you know, perhaps we we, we can come along and, and build the stuff that you've uh, got that output spec for because um, you know it, it gets us a gateway to the right sorts of conversations because so let's let's unpick that those challenges I guess we have in those conversations with clients uh, and where you know fundamentally we need it to go, don't we because you know there's something like 800,000 of the 2.4 million people that work in construction are going to retire in the next couple of years. Um, and that's quite an old stat actually, and that didn't take it down, that was pre-pandemic. So we've had a million people return to Eastern Europe that you know, silently through the pandemic, many of whom a, a reasonable proportion worked in construction. Um, so I don't think we're gonna have any choice but to move to MMC, um, but we need clients to get into the right space with us, don't we? Because there's all manner of things that you need to do differently to enable us People in the MMC game to perform effectively, I guess?
1: I, I, I think there's um, that you, you've touched on an interesting topic about um, trust. And I, I think that only comes, well, let, let's unpick that a little bit. If we look at the way that construction is set up is that it's on a project by project basis and more often than not the project team will change from um, one um, hospital to the next hospital or from one house to the next house and um, that that's where it's very difficult to gain that trust when you do gain that trust and if the person that you gain that trust with has delivered in a particular way you will trust that and we're human we're mainly water at least 60 percent of our body is water we'll always take the easy route and that that's kind of what 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 we do and so to overcome that and and to try and prevent the the issue where if you go to an architect who's normally the first professional involved in a in, in a, in a project, they know what they know, and they like what they know, and they implement their 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 system. Um, and we would normally end up with some x steps and well designed buildings, but they're not necessarily um, well designed for design for manufacturing and assembly. Mm-hmm. And then all of the work happens after the beautiful pictures come out, and all of the technical work has to be done during and um, we three, three, Four. and it, it's. It's then I'm picking all of that, as you just said, trying to, turn it into something that it was never intended to be and what we're trying to do is to get in at the early stages where if we can gain the trust because we're not a big contractor trying to make um, money from delivering things we're trying to offer advice and our fees are very small so um uh, but they they offer exceptionally good value and so that that's the kind of um, reason why we felt that there was a gap in the market and why we set any offsites up a few years ago now
0: Oh no, I completely get it. Uh, I, I think uh, between you and the, there's, there's one or two other consultancies in the space, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, it. it's, But it's got to it's got to grow. Uh, I think you guys are real trailblazers um, because you, you you touched on a really interesting point. So we're we're trying to influence uh, Crown Commercial Services, for instance, on their their next MMC framework. we through their marketing engagement. Along these lines, we're trying to influence politicians because what we're finding, lots of politicians and um, civil servants, fairly senior people in government, are using the the letters MMC as kind of the answer to everything. Uh, They're telling Boris that it's the answer to everything in how you can deliver these big programs for not enough budget, if you were gonna deliver it traditionally. Um, But fundamentally, you, you can tell quite quickly That they don't know what it really means and certainly they clearly don't know what the implications are for the supply chain and for manufacturers at the kind there's only about a billion pounds worth of turnover in the mmc supply chain in the uk currently um if you know you've got the national hospital program at 26 billion or whatever it is you've got the schools programs at eight and growing prisons are going on you know there's and that's not to mention residential and the rest of it with homes england driving that agenda um actually we need the government to industrialize the mmc supply chain if they want to build all that stuff Um, and particularly if we want it to be more and more british post brexit um you know less less importing and all that kind of stuff um but the, the key factor in all of that is certainty is the message we're playing to uh, stakeholders that we can try and influence. Uh, and hopefully some of the big boys you know the, tier, the, the big tier one contractors will get into the same space of influence that um, we need programs of projects uh, where we can invest in R&;D and innovation, uh, but the manufacturers can see a smoothed pipeline of, of work for their assembly and their manufacturing, yeah. I there's so. so much money in that. There's so much risk that's priced in if you're just procuring individual jobs. You know, as soon as that assembly line goes quiet or has a blip or peaks and troughs, um, there's so much inefficiency in that. And we need we just need the production lines to sing. It's something like 20% saving if we get that right. Uh, that's a hell of a lot of money.
1: I, th- I think I think that there, there are 100% there are most definitely savings to be made um, within Um, industrialised manufacturer components that will um, support the construction industry. And uh, I think one of the the areas that I'm quite keen to expand on is that construction is construction and um, car making is car making um, and any other form or any other industry is what it is. I don't think there are, there should be some elements of the construction industry, so I don't think there should be a modern method of construction, I don't think there should be an off-site um, form of construction, I think there should be construction and the best way to do it is, yep. and that that that, that, that I, I, I think I do get a little bit fed up of hearing the us and them discussion going on between the different camps and I, I think really there's construction, we all want to do things that are Sustainable. We all want to do things that will um, be viable. We want to do things that will um, it, that, that will contribute to wellness and well-being of the people who are using and um, and observing the, the the buildings that we deliver. And so I think that there's a lot more to it than. Um, let's, let's use off-site and let's use MMC. And I think that in itself does create a bit of an issue in people's minds. And uh, so I, I just think to have one industry and let's find a way of working together um, with all the people in there. It's a big complex environment. Let, let, let's not make it more complex than it needs to be.
0: Oh, I completely agree. And to be honest, it's, it's going to have to happen one way or another, in, in my view. Um, so, you know it, it will happen in the, in the coming years. Uh, we might as well make it an efficient you know, transition to that 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 space, because um, I completely get where you're coming from. And I, I guess the other aspect is the you know, the mid group model is to try and get engaged with clients as early as possible, and that the design team work for or with us. So perhaps there's a QS um, that. Sits alongside us as the, the technical commercial conscience, checking what we're doing, benchmarking, and all that stuff. But rather than have an architect engaged, you know, and then we come along afterwards and try and reverse engineer that MMC approach out of their design, where we've been successful, if you take Broxbourne School, for instance, in Hertfordshire. Um, you know, we took bond Brian bon along with us and they designed the school using our pre-assembled supply chain of components and our BIM library of, of components. So we've got um, you know, what we call our um, optimised component led approach. Uh, we, we've got our library of components all BIMmed up, ready to go, that they can drag and drop so they can not have to worry about the boring stuff. Uh, they can focus their design efforts on the bits that are important. Um, you know, that's that's called a hybrid uh, of, of different MMC methods, uh, you know, to give them greater circulation space and you know something interesting for an atrium space and all sorts. But you get where I'm coming from. You catch the drift. Yeah, right? and
1: the, the 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 model that we try to promote but is frequently pushed back is exactly as you describe, um, where. You have a client who's ultimately responsible for delivering the building, or they're accountable for it, but they're, they're passing that responsibility to a design team um, and then to a principal contractor. And then the way that we look at it is that. Midgroup are one of very few who can actually also manage the off-site construction element and um, the kit of parts. You've got your suppliers and we we very much promote that um, it could be one or it could be two organisations that are doing that. And it could be a construction manager. We call it an MMC construction manager. Mm-hmm. And whether they're the principal contractor or not, uh, actually doesn't really matter. But what, what does matter is that if you're a principal contractor used to doing everything, you may have to get used to not doing all of it and having a smaller package than you would have in, in, in the days of very site-intensive ways of building. And so that, that I, I think we were fully aligned in... In, in that way and having that kit of parts and if you think whether those kit of parts are delivered to a factory and assembled into a volumetric mmc one type of system or whether they're delivered to site and um, and assembled on site all you need to concentrate then is on the interfaces between the components and the sub assemblies and, yeah, and then and the, the environment
0: system. the the enabling works and all of the stuff that, that, that where you're plonking it as it were I mean, again, yeah, we're we're unusually comfortable with that scenario. You know, we we talk about being an integrator. um, So we contractually at the moment, we operate as a main contractor, um, you know, usually on two stage deals that end up being fixed price, etc. And we're taking all the risk and the usual stuff, um, although as MMC'd up as possible. Um, But as the world transitions, so on big programmes, whether it's the hospital programme or whatever it is, Um, You know, we could see ourselves acting as an integrator where, in effect, it's more like CM in terms of a form of contract. You know, the client's got the contracts for all of the kit, you know, they've procured uh, their SIPs panels or whatever it is, and they've got them sitting in a bonded warehouse and we just call on them and fit them to manage the the placing of those on site, uh, installation on site um as a super project manager i guess um you yeah know, I, I, yeah that's I, up
1: grass. i think, I, I think you, you've touched on some interesting things there in terms of the form of contract mm. and there's been some excellent work done by um by david mosey um and he's published um called, it's constructing the gold standard yeah and that that that's an excellent document that um, will give an awful lot of information on how to procure using a framework alliance contract instead of what most people use to the JCT or the NEC sort and um, that there, there are ways of doing it and making sure that if it's public money that you're spending that you're getting best value and and um, I, I think an interesting um, another interesting point that you raise is: I, I was in a factory this morning, an absolutely fantastic factory um, at Stewart Mill, um, now Donaldson's Timber Frame, and um, it is so well run. It is so smooth in its operation. It's really um, efficient. It's really productive, and um, what they do is structure walls, floors, roofs. But then there's all the other components that. They're relying and the construction industry and we as taxpayers in the UK are relying on the, somebody else to put together the kit of parts. And what um, Stuart Milne will become is one element of that kit of parts. And then we need to get the rest of it um, to line up with the line and the interfaces work properly. And so I think there needs to be a more holistic view. And so while Stuart Millen have got all their sorted. I think there needs to be that uh, that holistic kit of parts, whether it be a manufacturer, whether it be um, an integrator, whether it be um, an MMC construction manager or the principal contractor, all of those with the skills and making sure that the um, the initial design team have the skills and knowledge to know how these things go together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, we, we've got the, the scars of that process over the sort of six years, nearly seven years of business that, our approach has been to build on every project we build is take the lessons learned and, and move it from one job to the next. And there's been lots of scars, I think, around that, that exact issue of tolerances, you know, where you're bringing different components together. So we've done the experimentation with, and we've invested in the R&D with the supply chain to make sure we understand those interfaces and, and how things work. And we've learned from where things haven't gone so well. But it's been it's been quite a hard journey actually as a small contractor and you're quite right whether you know whether it's uh, construction innovation hub or however we get there how that stuff all works together uh, and creates buildings for the long term um, that, that we expect free
1: is is, is going to be key i think yeah i i i think it, it it's a really important part to get right and we all have a responsibility to um, to work together in a collaborative and constructive way to uh, to deliver better quality, um, more sustainable buildings. And I think that that's the absolute key to it, really.
0: Yeah, I can I can agree with that. Um, so yeah, it's interesting you mentioned uh, Mosley's uh, gold standard stuff because a, a lot of that was to do with frameworks and uh, trying to sort that market out. Uh, I think again, if you know, if clients were listening or Professional teams. Uh, I, I was on a uh, webinar actually that, that David was leading. I think it was an ICE thing last week or the week before, and I cheekily asked him the question: What does he think of DPS's dynamic purchasing systems? Yeah. Um, you know, because clearly, that, you know, there are a long list of you, know, you, you do. In effect, you do a PQQ to get on. Uh, you're on the, the the platform then for a number of years. Uh, but the trouble is you're on the platform with any number of contractors. So there's one that we're on uh, with a local authority that's got like 80 contractors on it or something. Um, And they all get a shot of the title for every mini bid for everything and everything single stage in their scenario as well. Um, So it's a disaster really um, in in some ways, uh, for for, certainly for MMC, Um, I think it was an approach to uh, trying to bolt the market down. But you know, the client, could get 12, 15 single stage bids for individual jobs. But the key bit for me is that it it completely takes away that certainty. Uh, Whereas well-run frameworks like SCF, uh, there's a sharing, caring kind of model between the framework and its contractors uh, around their pipeline, how they engage with end clients, you know, and there's a sensible uh, tendering process. Albeit at the moment, largely at stage three or beyond, but you know we're trying. We're going to try and go on the journey with them and clients to um, get in a uh, yeah I,
1: negotiation. I think with all things in life, there's an opportunity for frameworks to be misused by commercial organisations in order to make themselves some money, and. Um, that that happens in construction everywhere it happens in, in frameworks equally um, but the last some exceptionally good frameworks as you've mentioned a couple already um, but um, I, I think there needs to be an understanding of what they can deliver and who they're going to deliver it with and whether or not there is better ways of procuring I don't i don't know the answer um but i'm pretty certain that it's not only using frameworks i'm pretty certain that there, there's partnerships that that we do have a history of some of those that so i'm not sure that there's any yeah
0: okay um so what i guess what does the future what does the next five years look like um how do you think think things are going to pan out Post Brexit and all that good stuff. Um, where,
1: where do you think we're going to get to with MMC? Well, if I could, if I could get political, I would say, "What on earth are we doing with Brexit?" But anyway, I'm not going to go there because there'll be some people who strongly disagree with me. Um, but um, I, I think we have limited our choices to to some extent. Um, but I also think that we've got an opportunity to invest within our own um, expertise within um, within the UK and and let's take that opportunity while it's there. I don't think things will change a great deal in the next five years. Mm-hmm. I think we're probably looking at another ten years before things are starting to change and that's with um the the new generation coming into construction, what, what they actually want to do and how they want to do. It and um, do they want to engage more with robotics? Do they want to engage more with automation? Do they want to engage more with digital um, type of tools? And I think the answer is probably yes. But what I don't want to do is to fool myself into thinking that um, everybody's like that because I know an awful lot of the people who still want to go and learn a trade. They will all, yeah, I think they all will, um, at least because the, the the majority of buildings that are here today. Eighty percent of them will still be here in twenty-five years' time, and they will need an awful lot of work doing on it. Isn't just about new build; it's about retrofitting, and it's about fitting out what's there. So, oh, for sure,
0: yeah. yeah, for sure. I get, completely get that. I mean, we we know, for instance, that there's there's a huge program required in school estate around what they call asset replacement. You know, boilers, smoke alarms, fire alarms, all that kind of stuff. There's there's billions of pounds worth of st- that's out of date you know past its life cycle um and then of course with carbon the carbon agenda you know hopefully cop 26 and what we would would have liked to have got out of it won't be forgotten you know with the whole sort of ukraine russia thing going on i've got a horrible feeling that the impetus will be lost on uh, some of that stuff and other things as the world is dealing with some fairly nasty stuff
1: um you know hopefully it comes to a conclusion very quickly um, I, 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 I think to get political again, the um, the, the hideous um, events that are happening out in Ukraine at the moment are more likely to adversely affect our supply chain than um, than Brexit. And um, I, I think it's, going, it's a horrific um, situation for all those involved, and I think it's going to have a knock-on effect across the world.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And, and of course, you know, without toting our flag again, MMC uh, can help with inflation issues with supply issues uh, because we're ahead of the chain we're buying kit earlier uh, in order to manufacture it and all that kind of stuff it help it does help diffuse and, and give as much cost certainty as you can get in, in construction in many ways so there's something for that just something you mentioned in terms of, uh, of uh, people young people coming into the industry etc something we're grappling with, in framework bids and, and mini bids and things like that at the moment they you know, clear obviously and quite rightly we get asked lots of questions as a contractor around social value um, yeah. and there's quite a big problem in our model and the future of construction in the the Apprenticeships and jobs will end up being in the factories rather than on site. Um, you're going to have less trades on site, which of course is safer, more efficient, and all that good stuff, but it, t- it potentially takes jobs away from the locations you're constructing in if those locations don't have the manufacturers. So I'm thinking like the Western Gateway across South Wales, the Southwest, Bristol, that kind of neck of the woods. There's hardly any MMC. Manufacturing capacity in that zone at all. Of course, it's in places like Coventry in the northeast around Hull and things like that. And so, yeah, we're telling a story. It comes back to the certainty thing to a point that, um, you know, if clients give us a program of work, then we can talk about a pop up factory for sub assembly and, you know, and then fully assemble on site, those kind of things. But it's fairly theoretical at
1: at the moment. But I I I think it's really fascinating because we. it feels to me that there's some very odd um, social factors that um, local authorities put into um, in, in, into their bids, and not only local authorities but other public sector um, organisations, housing associations. I was talking to one only this morning about it, and. Um, They want to know that you've done work in the local area and that there may be some employment opportunities within the local area. It strikes me that the employment opportunities should be within the UK, and maybe we even say within the world, Um, but we're so myopic in the way that we look at things and we look at things in such a a localised way I really think we need to expand that out and say well, what are the social benefits on a much broader scale, rather than just saying for my street, for my town, for my county, for um, for my country, for my region, and whether it works out. I think we should be looking at it on a much bigger scale than we are, and I think that's one of the um, the, the factors that um, those who are opposed. To um, modernising and improving the the productivity in construction, I think it's one of the factors that is um, a, a strong case for not doing anything.
0: Yeah, no, I get that. I mean, uh, I, <laughs> what what you tend to find with industrial revolutions, though, if we're kind of facing the fourth one, um, is that there aren't less jobs; it's just the jobs are different in different places, um, and so. I, yeah, I kind of get where you're coming yeah. from in terms of that overly localised agenda. I think we should focus on the UK and that's probably the right message. Um, but th- there is a great future proofing of skills in MMC. You know, If we can look at high tech manufacturing, if we can try and... Gain some ground back on automotive, for instance, which is forty years ahead of construction in productivity. Um, you know, we're future-proofing skills uh, and, and jobs there rather than you know jobs on sites uh, that are going to be less required. Although you're quite right with retrofit, etc.,
1: there, there will be jobs required. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's 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 a long-held um, belief in economics that if you build houses, employment opportunities will follow. Mm. So if you're a housing association looking for for, for local reason um, to, to build houses from a social perspective, then don't just look at well the houses will be built, and therefore we'll have people on site, look at what um, employment opportunities that housing will bring to your area in the longer term, and uh, I, I feel that there isn't any of that that happens. And I, I think maybe um, laws of economics are ignored sometimes, which is frustrating.
0: Yeah, and there's there's obviously things like significantly less vehicle movements around sites, um, you know, significantly less carbon impacts uh, in our approach compared to traditional methods, and even even things just like disruption. Um, you know, we're our um, black and white building, the timber uh, office building we're building in Shoreditch at the moment. Um, you know, it's got an electric crane, um, and that's it. There's no concrete crushing machines with dust and vibrations. There's there's none of that kind of stuff. There's no real plant on site at all. It's Is that a
1: CLT like, building?
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's more yeah. than CLT. It's 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 yeah. completely timber. Um, so it's got a CLT core. Uh, but it, it uses other timber products uh, for floors and beams.
1: And also- I walked past it in the rain on Tuesday um, with the tube strike. <laughs> it, 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 it looks absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm really looking forward to it being finished.
0: Yeah, well, we'll have to give you a tour. It is absolutely awesome. I mean, it's every... Uh, we've got an episode of the podcast about it, actually. The first episode with uh, Graham, the, the project lead. Uh, that people can listen back to but basically everything apart from the glass and wires is wood Um, yeah yeah there's been some lessons learned about how to use the material uh, waterproofing of it during construction and things there's been some challenges but the benefits are huge and not just in terms of the obvious carbon stuff obviously it'll be net zero in construction and operation Um, but it's things like you've got uh, you can take chunks out of uh some of the beams for services and you can design that in using the BIM model uh before it ever gets you know the wood is cut kind of thing um yeah, there's, it is it's all come together digitally and then on site beautifully and the tolerances are spectacular but so the, the lift um uh, installers were, were overwhelmed with how close the tolerances were compared to what they're used to with concrete structures etc so yeah it's pretty cool what we can do if people give us a shot at it you know
1: yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love the opportunity to go around that site. Actually, um, we, we must organize it. That's, uh, that's a request there, there, Jeremy, straight away. I'd really like to do it. Recorded
0: on the podcast as well. Very good. Well, <laughs> th- thank you very much for your time, Graham. That's that's been a really useful chat. And, um, you know, I think you've got an interesting business in an interesting time, similar to us. Um, it's kind of the game's got to come our way, I
1: think. Yeah, I think so, and I, I think there's, there's many ways to, uh, to to collaborate across the whole sector, and I, I think that's something. Well, I know that's something that I'm really keen on, and I think that's something that you've demonstrated keenness for as well. Very good. Thank you very much, chap. We'll see you next time. Nice one. Thanks, Tony. Cheers, buddy.